This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. IBM bets the house on AI in Las Vegas. And Cray wins bid for Fusion Science Supercomputer. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research. That's Michael Feldman, who's editor at Top500.org. And Michael, I was in Vegas this week in HPC at the IBM Think Conference. They also had the IBM Open Power Summit as kind of an adjunct event. So we had a lot of uh, IBM going on. Yeah, there was a lot of IBM news this week. I caught some of it remotely, uh, but you were there. What was uh, what was your impression on the uh, on the main conference there? Apparently, this AI is supposed to be a big thing. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. I've, I heard that rumor going around. All the kids are talking about it. It was the major message of the conference. Their theme for the conference and new tagline for the company is "Let's put smart to work." And AI was was the huge theme. They talked about uh, how it's going to change our lives and jobs and enterprise everywhere. In fact, I, it was it was pretty much of a hype fest around this. There were bold claims around AI. Ginny Rometty, the CEO of IBM, said that 100% of jobs will change because of AI. Jensen Wong, our friend who's the CEO of NVIDIA, got up shortly thereafter and talked about how 100% of all companies would need HPC because of AI. You know, I agree, AI is a big deal, but as far as those 100% figures, as a professional analyst, I'm going to bet the under. Uh, we're in <laughs> Vegas, I'm going to bet it's under 100%. In fact, I'm going to bet it's way under 100%. They didn't specify a time frame, but, you know, let's calm down a little bit too. AI, yeah, it's a big deal, but it's there there's going to be other kinds of computing too that aren't ai yeah so you're going to you're going to short ai huh well, <laughs> it depends on what the price of ai is here though but but ibm really went all in on this message to the extent that i didn't hear a single ibmer during all of ibm think including members of the ibm power team even mention hpc or supercomputing when they did talk about supercomputers like Summit, Sierra, the DOE, pre-exascale, exascale systems, the, those were now AI machines that were there to help the government with AI. There's no supercomputing or HPC left anywhere in the messages. Yeah. I mean, this isn't surprising, though. I mean, IBM is not the only one at, at the top of the hype cycle for AI. So... I mean, NVIDIA started it years ago, basically, and now IBM, HP, Intel, everybody is everybody is doing this. Um, so you're apt to see some of this sort of, uh, you know, hyperbolic uh, talk at these conferences now. But not everything. I mean, there was some supercomputing. I, I covered the uh, the open power, I guess, sub event that that got hooked into Think. Um, and there was some talk about HPC there, although a lot of that, a lot of the open power ecosystem uh, news was around hyperscale, which is not neither really HPC specific or or even AI, but both of those are hooked into there. Yeah, and it's good to hear you know some HPC talk, and they had some good momentum coming out of that open power summit, predominantly again though with the hyperscale companies, right. Uh, both in the top tier of hyperscale, and you were picking up some of the announcements in the second tier of hyperscale as well. Right. I mean, the big news was that uh, Google has now depl 
deployed for the first time their Power 9 servers, what they called their their Zaya servers, if I'm pronouncing that right. They, these things have been in the works for a couple of years now. They were designed with the help of Rackspace and IBM, and Google was talking about that. Yes, indeed, they would they would put these into their uh, their data centers, and they've done that. So that was sort of an announcement there. But uh, along with Google, there was Tencent, PayPal, Alibaba, Limework, Limelight Networks, and uh, Uber. They're also using open power technology of one sort or another. Probably, it's either going to be Power Eight or Power Nine based. Uh, systems in the case of uber that has a real hpc hookup and they're hooking up with oak ridge uh, national lab um and they're going to borrow some cycles on the summit supercomputer when that's deployed to do some of their deep learning work they're actually going to collaborate with uh with the doe there and and maybe even get to run some of their deep learning uh software at uh, at exascale yeah, and as far as these hyperscale deployments and AI deployments go, the deep learning, machine learning, it's clear that we are seeing a lot of momentum with power, the Power 9, uh, particularly with their ability to couple with the NVIDIA GPUs, the NVLink systems, great momentum there. I, I just was left wishing I could have heard something about traditional scientific computing as if that was still a market that mattered to IBM, particularly with the leadership they've got with the DOE systems right now. Uh, there ought to be room in that to discuss scientific computing that's not machine learning or hyperscale. Right. I mean, Jack Wells was there in the opening keynotes for the uh, the Open Power event, uh, but he only about, had about 10 or 15 minutes to talk about it. And he, he gave the, the normal spiel on the uh, on the summit com- supercomputer and, and HPC. But you're right. There, there's not much talk about HPC. No, none. There was none. It was intentionally avoided. In think, yeah. I mean, there was a little bit in the in the Open Power, but um, I, I think part of that is not just the the AI hype cycle. It's the fact that uh, IBM has not, besides Summit and Sierra, uh, IBM has not really penetrated uh, the HPC space very well with with Open Power at this point. There's a few smaller deployments that they've talked about, but uh, it's not their big market right now. They're looking for. Uh, uh, the enterprise space having to do with data analytics, AI, machine learning, uh, that sort of thing with their their open power platform. So I think part of it is just sort of the market that IBM is focused on right now, um, even though they have those two sort of exceptions in two of the biggest supercomputers in the world that are going to be deployed this summer. It's not the big market for them. Yeah, and Intersect 360 Research is currently updating our market models. We'll be back around shortly with with completed numbers and market shares for 2017. But before we move on from IBM and IBM Think, I will say there was one bright spot, which was how much emphasis there was on quantum computing. Whereas HPC in of itself was never mentioned, there were a lot of good sessions on quantum. And IBM Q even had its own booth. It wasn't a large booth. It was kind of off to one corner of the show floor. But with a mo- with an actual uh, quantum computer kind of laid out there as a popular <laughs> selfie spot, it was right next to a Formula One car in an adjacent booth, and everyone was having their pictures taken with the quantum computer. It was really yeah, kind IBM of cool. Is definitely a player in the quantum space. They're they're one of the I think I would if they're not at the top, they're right up there with Google in in being sort of the more advanced uh, technologies. Them and Intel and, and Google are all kind of fighting for supremacy right now. But uh, 
yeah, I'm not surprised that that got a lot of interest. It's uh, something that I think is is we're right on the cusp of, and uh, IBM is is right in the thick of it. All right, Michael. Also this week in HPC, something that really is traditional supercomputing and a traditional HPC application. Cray has won a bid to deploy a supercomputer for fusion science in Japan. Right. This system is as yet unnamed, but it's going to be a four petaflop system, um, and it's going to go in at the National Institutes for Quantum and Radiological Science and Technology. That's a mouthful, uh, abbreviated QST. Uh, this is in Japan. It's a it's an organization that. Uh, focuses on nuclear fusion research and other things having to do with uh, nuclear science. And they're going to use this new XC50 supercomputer mainly to uh, support their nuclear uh, fusion R&D uh, in, uh, in collaboration with the, uh, the ITER uh, work with in Europe. And you point out in your article on top500.org that although the XC50 does support the NVIDIA Tesla uh, P100 GPUs and the largest XC50s out there do get a lot of their flops out of those NVIDIA chips, including the, the Pitts-Dynt supercomputer in Switzerland, uh, this one, although it's not as many flops total uh, relies exclusively on the Intel Skylake chips for all of the flops. Right. This is a pure Skylake Xeon CPUs, and it gets them up to uh, four petaflops. That's peak. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a mystery why they didn't include some GPUs. I'm assuming it's because the uh, the codes that at QST are the ones used by ITER are not optimized for GPUs, although there are nuclear fusion codes that are using GPUs. So, But apparently, uh, these guys thought that uh, better just to go with the, the lowest common denominator here and, and get four petaflops just with the CPUs. But it is a very big system. We don't know how much it costs. They didn't reveal that. Um, and it's going in uh, later this year, uh, and then it'll be up and running. Um, the thing is, this is a long-term, the R&D for fusion energy is a really long-term project. I mean, we talk about, you know, this is something that's always over the horizon. They're not even talking about actually produce, producing a production fusion uh, uh, energy plant until sometime around 2035 or thereafter. So there's still a lot of research to go into this, and they need these really big supercomputers to to simulate the fusion reactors, which are very complex and take a lot of computational muscle. Well, I want to go back to one thing you said about Skylake. I don't think it's fair to characterize Skylake as a least common denominator kind of processor. I mean, this is a heavy-duty oh, yeah. Intel processor, this Xeon here. Just because it's not a GPU, I wouldn't write that off. I think that does come down to architecture and and the, a sophisticated buyer making an informed decision about which architecture is going to best suit their application suite. And, and I don't have a problem with deploying a supercomputer that doesn't have GPUs if that's the best choice for this application. As for the timeline on nuclear, I'm actually a huge fan of this area of research. It's going on here. I've toured the facilities at Livermore uh, where they're pursuing the, the nuclear fusion research. And I personally am optimistic about this as a long-term energy source for the world, uh, more so than, than I think that about the renewables like uh, solar or wind. 
in terms of their ability to, to scale up and down, provide a lot of energy for a lot of time. Uh, you can power a, a, a city the size of San Francisco for a year where your fuel is one liter of water. Uh, that's you know really good production coming out of this. The, the timeline is out there, right? Because first you need to create the explosions, then you need to be able to capture the energy for the explosions, then you need to be able to do that at scale where you do it multiple times a second. Then you have to shrink it down everything so you can deploy it. So to to talk about 2040 is a reasonable deployment for for when you could have these facilities. That's not that far away. We have fossil fuels that'll last us that long. So I, I'm a big fan of of this type of research, and uh, and this is a big win for Cray. Yeah, it is a big win, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think fusion energy is as has probably more potential than other other energy sources that are being bandied about. But it is a it is a long term investment, and yeah, uh, we're looking at the renewables and and the rest of carbon based fuels to get us to the middle of uh, the middle of the century when it'll become uh, commercially. Uh, viable, presumably, but uh, yeah, we're going to need these uh, pre-exascale and then exascale machines to actually take us there. So, in a sense, this, this is sort of one of the killer apps of the uh, of the exascale machines. I think it'll it'll be some of the key technology that allows this research to go forward and get, and get us those uh, energy plants around 2040, 2050. Talking about these exascale applications, for those of you who heard on the podcast, our recap of the rice, oil, and gas workshop, the panel that I did with uh, with uh, a lot of industry experts on applications for exascale, video of that panel is now up and available from Rice University regarding the oil and gas workshop, or you can find a link on my Twitter feed, at Addison Snell. Meanwhile, also this week in HPC, the Open Compute Project Conference, that summit was going on. I wasn't there myself. It was back-to-back with Think, but Chris Willard on our team was there checking that out, and particularly some of the advancements in liquid computing that are really getting deployed through the exascale space, uh, or, or through the hyperscale space, I should say, and uh, didn't want to let that go by without mention. There's been a lot going on this week. Yeah, there's, uh, we're, I think we're getting into the uh, conference and event season as, as, as spring uh, gets rolled out here. I think we'll, we're going to see a lot of the same talk in the other conferences this year, AI and, and exascale and that sort of thing are going to be big topics uh, in, in upcoming uh, conferences as well. We've got another big one next week. It'll be the NVIDIA GPU Technology Conference, GTC. Do you think they'll talk at all about AI? There? Yeah, I have a feeling there'll be a little talk about AI. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one as well. Our whole team from Intersect 360 Research will be there. I know you'll be there as well, Mike. I will. All right, Michael. Well, that'll wrap us up for this week. And uh, if you're going to be at GTC, take a look around or send me a shout at Twitter, and uh, and we'll see you there. Thanks a lot for tuning in.